Acts chapter 13. And we have what I call a strange request. A strange request. And it's found there in verse 43. Paul had been preaching, preached a good long sermon, started with God saving his people out of Egypt, and went to how went to the Lord Jesus Christ and how God did all things because of him, fulfilled all the promises and all the salvation for his people in Christ. But here in verse 43, and it says, Now when the congregation was broken up, when the message was over, everybody started leaving. Just like we do when a service is over. Congregations broke up. And the Jews had gone out of the synagogue, and many of the Jews and religious proselytes, they followed Paul and Barnabas. Went, followed them fellows out, started talking to them. And men who following Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, spoke to them now, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Now that's a strange request. A man who preached grace, believed grace, and he's talking to people who had just heard him get through preaching. He spent quite a while there. It's an astounding statement when you give it much thought to continue in grace, continue in the doctrine of grace, the truth of grace, to have to persuade souls to continue in the blessings, in the love, in the power, and the grace of God. It seems almost foolish to say such a thing and to even consider that we'd have to exhort men to continue in the grace of God. Continue in true religion. But we're persuaded here, Paul said, to continue in the grace of God. Now I want you to hold that and look with me over here in 1 Corinthians 15. Look what the apostle says over here. What the scripture says over here. You know... You know why we're here today? To hear about the grace of God, to hear about Christ. Why? Why? Because you know, you know yourself and how desperately you need it. That's why. And I'm here to tell you, let's just keep on keeping on with the same thing. But look what the Apostle said here in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. I preach the gospel to you. And you also received it. And you received it and you stand in this gospel. By which you also saved. The gospel saves you. If you keep in memory, and that margin says, hold fast, hold fast. What I preached unto you, hold on fast to it, unless you believed in vain. Now, here's what he's saying is, I preached it to you, but if you don't, you believed it, and you received it, and you say you're saved by it, and you stand in it. 
But if you don't hold fast to it, it's what he's saying. If you don't hold fast to it, it'll amount to you believed in vain. And I tell you what, for I delivered unto you. This is where the gospel starts. How that I, how that I also received. I, for I delivered unto you first of all that which all received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So let's go back over here to Acts chapter 13 now. So he says, control fast to that. But you know when I said this, it almost seems like a foolish thing to have to talk about. But it makes all the sense in the world when we consider man. When we consider man. Consider his nature. Consider his depravity. Consider his selfishness. His pride. His ungratefulness. No wonder the psalmist says, What is man? What is man? That you're mindful of him. Man at his best estate is vanity. But it's a fact persuading men to continue in the grace of God. It's a fact and it's a sad fact that we have to be persuaded to continue in the grace of God. Why? Why? Why do we have to be persuaded? I'm going to tell you. Here's the first thing. We're all by nature free willers. We're born that way. That's our nature. That's our natural religion. And I tell you what, we'll fall back in. You know, why in the world do we have such a struggle with sin? You see, we're always born free willers. I tell you what, you don't have to, you don't have to convince a man to be a free willer. He's born that way and he'll live that way and he'll die that way. And we always that way. I was a free willer and I still, apart from the grace of God, I'd still be a free willer. And what I mean by free willer is, is that everything depends on my will. On God's will depended on my will. My salvation depends on my will. And we're all by nature that way. And we're by nature that way at heart. No matter how much we think of the grace of God, no matter how much we talk about it, how much we study it, we have to continue to do that. Talk about it. Study it. Preach about it. We have to just continue over and over and over or else it'll slip away. And you look down through history. You look at Spurgeon's tabernacle. He used to have people, they had to have tickets to come in. After he had his own congregation in one night, he'd say, well, we'll let other people in. And they would come in with tickets and have places to sit. Because he'd have five to 7,000 people in the service at a time. I went over there one day. And there wasn't enough people in there to say grace over in the tabernacle that made five, six times this building. I got my picture taken up in the pulpit. And I tell you now, beloved, you go and listen to the pale fellows preaching over there and see if he's preaching the grace of God. Jonathan Edwards considered the most best American theologian that ever lived. You, you can go and find his sermons. And he preached in Massachusetts. And I'll tell you what, you know what they did? 
after he started preaching that he didn't want anybody in the church that's unconverted. They wanted to just let anybody become a church member. If you want to join that church, you can join that church. And he says, no, 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 no. We just can't let people into the church and admit them into the church unless God's done something for them. Next thing you know, you'll have a whole building full of unconverted people. And that's exactly what happened. And you know what they done? They fired him, run him off. And this is a man that preached the grace of God. I remember your daddy. When we first started the first service we had in here. He is the one that prayed that day. And he says, oh God, don't never let anything in this building ever be preached. But the grace of God and the gospel of the grace of God. He died believing that. Went into glory believing that. And I tell you what, the scripture says, oh my, hold fast. Hebrews 2 1 says this. He said, Hold fast, let you slip, let them, lest it slips away from you, lest it runs out of you like a leaking vessel. And I'll tell you another reason why we have to continue and be persuaded to continue. Not because only because we're free willers by nature, because we're depraved. Now what does depravity mean? That don't mean you're as bad as you can be. It means that you're as bad off as you can be in the sight of God. And I tell you, we got a will. And we're talking about a will. You know what that will does? It sins. If a man can stop sinning, he would do it in a heartbeat. And that's what preachers preach. Quit sinning, quit sinning. If I could quit sinning, I would. My mind, if I wished I had it, wished it was like these tapes and CD, you could just run a racer across it. But we have a will, and that will is to sin. And that will that we have, this depraved nature we have, makes our, wants to make ourselves something to God. Appear something to God. Appear like God is, is, is just delighted to have us. And we're all, we got another, we are so self righteous by nature. That's our nature to be self right. We sung that song this morning. Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Oh, we have to have to be persuaded, got to be preached to, got to be over and over and over again. I'll tell you another reason why we are persuaded to continue in the grace of God. Because we're lovers of self. Oh, how we love ourselves. We love honor. We love praise. We like folks to commend us. We love, we love to be, you know, when somebody else is getting all the, you know, people talking and bragging on somebody else, you know, we get, we get kind of upset about it, you know. Well, listen, I, I'm somebody too. You know? <laughs> and i tell you something about us. Our hearts promise what we can't perform. Our hearts promise that I'm not going to do this. Our hearts promise that I'm going to do that. Our hearts promise that I'm going to continue this way. 
our hearts promise that I that, I, that I'm going to do this thing, that, and the other thing. And our hearts, our, our hearts can't perform what we promise ourselves, huh? That's why the that's why the Solomon said this: a fool trusts his own heart. Now I'm scared. Do you know whose whose heart I'm more scared of than anybody else's? My own. My own. You say, well, boy, they got a good heart. Well, you not not me. Mm-mm. Not me. No, no. Uh. Uh-uh. I'm not going to say anything about my heart, but oh, I know the only thing I know about it for sure, for sure, that it's deceitful. It has deceived me more times than I can tell you. It's deceived me thinking that I was doing right when I was doing wrong. It's deceived me and told me that I could accomplish something and I couldn't. It's deceived me and made me believe that 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 if I could do just this one thing here that that would satisfy me. But it never did. Huh? Oh my. So we have to continually continually be persuaded not just to believe grace now listen to me not just to believe grace not just to believe grace but to live grace live it how many people actually live grace huh how many people actually live grace huh how many people act according to grace how many people live according to the grace of God? Huh? Not living in fear. Not living in fear. You can't live in the grace of God and live in fear at the same time. You can't believe in the absolute grace of God and live in fear and be lovers of yourself all at the same time. You can't be in the grace of God and run around complaining. Complaining all the time. No, you can't believe in the grace of God and boast in yourself. Pleasing self. And I know this, if we need grace, we will attend where grace preaching is preached all the time. You know, no wonder the Apostle Paul, you know, he says this, where where sin entered because the law came the sin entered it come and it convinced us and convinced us how awful we were how far away from God we were and how we could not make ourselves right but then where sin abounded here comes grace and grace much more abounded And then that grace, it reigns. It reigns. It's a sovereign. It reigns. How? Through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Oh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we that are dead to sin continue any longer therein? 
And I tell you what, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's not of works lest any man should boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Let's not give the enemies of grace ammunition against us. There's a dear, dear preacher friend of mine. He said this when this pandemic started and this virus started. He said, well, we're going to find out how many people who just had a habit of going to church. And when they had a chance to break the habit, they lost the habit. Would you all agree with that? And I'm not here out of habit. <laughs> no, no. I'm here because I want to be here. You know why you're here? You want to be here. You know why you want to be here? Because you need the grace of God. Amen. And you need to hear it three times a week and more if you could. Most of you listen to sermons on the on sermon audio. You're watching them on, on, on television. You watch every chance you get. You're listening to something about the grace of God. Huh? And I'll tell you another reason why we have to be persuaded to continue in the grace of God. We're all legalists. You know, we're all legalists. Oh, we're moralists by nature. So we'll see somebody do something say, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I can't believe they did that. Well, how in the world? Oh, my goodness. I would have never dreamed he'd have done that. <laughs> And I tell you, here's another thing about us. When things go wrong, things start going wrong in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, and cars start breaking down and all that kind of stuff. And we have to get in and have to do all kinds of things to, you know, get messed up, you know. We begin to say, oh my, what have I done that God's treating me this way? What have I done that God... Let this happen to me. I have not one of us in this building they thought that sometime. Huh? Oh, you say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll tell you how I'll get out of this mess. I'll start praying more. I'm going to read my Bible more. I mean, I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get up and I'm going to start, the first thing I'm going to do is read my Bible. Well, that lasts about two days. <laughs> church more. I'm going to give more. That's just legalism. Just legalism. That's why we need the grace of God preached to us. Oh my. Oh my. Mm. You know the apostle says this that if you add if you come and trust your circumcision or your cleanliness or your morality or your legalism anything about you. You know what he said? You've fallen from the grace of God. You know what it takes to fall from the grace of God? Just to, just to put anything in the place of Christ. That's all it takes. People say, well, he, he, he backslid and he's lost and he's fell from grace. All it takes to fall from grace is for you or me to look to anything within ourselves 
to commend ourselves to God. Christ profits us nothing. Huh? And I want Christ to be everything. Do you? Oh my. And I'll tell you why. Let me tell you some things. Why When we're not continuing in the grace of God. You know when Paul preached this message here. Starting in there in verse 16. When we're not continuing the grace of God. When? Let me tell you when we're not. When we diminish the person. And we diminish the work of our Lord Jesus in any way or add anything to his work when we add anything to his person anything to his person what is his person who is this person well he is God manifest in the flesh that's who he was he was God almighty he was holy he's omnipotent he knew, had all power. He is omniscient. He knows all things. And when you see his person and know his person, God's glory is revealed in him. And then you turn around and not only is he God manifest in the flesh, but he's a man. He was a man. Had blood in his body. He had to eat. He had to rest. He had to sleep. He had to do all the things that a man has to do. But yet he is a sinless man. A perfect man. A blessed man. God's man. God's son. Not related to Adam in any way. And so, oh, when we diminish his person. And then about his work. What kind of work did he do? God gave him a work to do. And when he came into this world, he came into this world as a representative man. He did not represent himself. He represented God first. He told out God. He said everything right. He honored God in everything he said and done. He was a representative man. And then he was a representative man for us. He represented us before God. And then he came and he was to come time for him to die. And he was counted as God's lamb, as God's substitute. As that lamb that when his blood was shed, God said, I'll see the blood and I'll pass over you. Oh my. And in his sacrifice, in his death, in his blood shedding, he gave complete absolute satisfaction to God and if God satisfied with him the only way he can be satisfied with us is us to be in him and how do you get in him God puts us in him and I tell you what we're not we're not continuing in the grace of God when we add anything to grace Paul made it very plain in Romans eleven six. He said, if it's of grace, it's no more works. And if it's of works, it's no more grace. You can't mix them. Oh, we can't mix them. Salvation's of the Lord. And I tell you, beloved, to believe some facts, to believe some doctrine in your head, but not to attend the means of grace. We're not continuing in the grace of God. Uh-huh. I'm talking about attend the ministry. Not just any ministry. 
but a ministry of the gospel of the grace of God. That's what I'm talking about. Look in Hebrews 3 with me just a moment. Let's look over here in Hebrews 3. Look in verse 12. You know, to attend a ministry, not just any ministry, a ministry of the gospel of the grace of God. Look what he says here. Take heed, brethren. Take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart. Now you think about this. An evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is called evil. And listen to this. In departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. While it's called today. That's what I'm doing today. Exhorting you. We exhort one another. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin so deceives you that you think that I'm alright and not continue in the gospel of the grace of God. That's a sad state to be in. Huh? Well, what is it then to continue in the grace of God? What is it to continue in the grace of God? I think I think this is a to me the most important thing I'll say today most precious thing to my heart to place your soul in the able willing powerful hands and, and of the Lord Jesus Christ and be glad you did huh and to know why you put your soul in his hands. You know why you did? He made you willing in the day of his power. He said, seek my face. You know what happened? We sought his face. He says, come unto me. He said this. He says, blessed is the man whom thou choosest. Now listen to this. That's a wonderful thing to be chosen of God. But that won't do any good unless he says causes us to approach unto him. <laughs> and if he ever starts you causing you to approach unto him, you know how long you're going to approach him? For the rest of your life. <laughs> oh my goodness. To find in him, to find in him all you need for time and eternity. That's why Jude said that, you know, Christ shall present you faultless. At His coming, He'll present you faultless before His presence in glory. Huh? And I tell you, how we can, what is it to continue in the grace of God? It's to find yourself a sinner and a saint at the same time. You're a paradox to yourself. You have a war going on in you every single day. It's the, you're a paradox to yourself, yet you press on. You're empty. You have nothing. And yet you're full. Huh? You're naked. But yet you're clothed. Huh? You're ignorant. 
And yet, you know all things. Huh? As dying daily, yet we live. Huh? As rejoicing and mourning, almost at the same time. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Now, how in the world does all that happen? I don't know, but it does. <laughs> That's us, ain't it? That's us. I tell you, to continue in the grace of God is to have a hope. Have a hope that only God Himself can produce. God can, the only one that can produce that hope in you is God Himself. And it's based, its foundation is the Holy Word of God itself. Not the preacher, not the church, but Christ and God's Word Himself. Oh my, it's taught by God, revealed to your heart by the Holy Ghost. Huh? He says the Holy Ghost comes and brings the gospel to us. And He persuades us in that gospel and by the Holy Spirit that this is salvation. This is the only assurance I have and the only assurance I can get is in this gospel of Christ. That's the only one. Oh, that's why the apostle says, you know, you received the word of God, not as the word of men, but indeed as it is in truth, the word of God. Oh my. This is not, listen, this is not some words about God. This is the word of God. God speaks to us. This this is words in black and white punctuated got jots and tittles in it got paragraphs and chapters in it but it wasn't written that way but God did that for our sake but when I open this book when I don't care if I'm reading the genealogies or I'm reading about a king or I'm reading about anybody I'm reading what God said and when we get into eternity he says when them books are open you know what books he's talking about this one right here And when that book right there is open, you know the only people in the world that God's going to accept and receive? Them that say, Yea, God said, Thus saith the Lord. And I don't know everything that He said, but I do know I believe everything He said. I don't have to know it all. I just have to know Him who said it. And I tell you what, you know, they call them red letter. And I don't have nothing against a red letter Bible. But I don't need red letters to find out what Christ said or God said. <laughs> I, just, I don't. You know, everything He said is blood stained. Huh? Oh, my. Well, let me say this. Who is it that continues in the grace of God? Who continues in the grace of God? If you and I, if you and I do continue in the grace of God, it will be by and because of the grace of God. Huh? 
It's all of grace. All of grace. Our belief and our faith right now is by grace. Uh-huh. Look what it says down here in verse 48 of Romans 13, Acts 13. Excuse me. Now listen to this. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. You glad over here in the gospel? Yeah, of course you are. And glorified, listen to this, glorified the word of the Lord. Not Paul, not the apostle, but glorified the word of the Lord. Just like we just talked about. And as many as were ordained to life, what they do? Believe. <laughs> received the word of the Lord they was grateful for it not only is it dependent upon grace that grace causes us to believe it but it depends upon the spirit of grace on the spirit of grace and this just this touches my heart oh it touches my heart we'll never get strong enough we'll never get wise enough will never be mature enough to ever step, to ever stand, or ever move, or to have anything by our own power. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. Look in Acts here with me. 18 and verse 27. 18 verse 27. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, listen to this now, helped them much which had believed through grace. What does that mean? He helped them that believed through grace because of grace. You know, and he talked about us persuading us to continue in the grace of God. I'm tell you what he did persuade us to do. He didn't persuade them to continue in church membership. He didn't do that. He didn't persuade them to live a good life. And be very religious. He didn't exhort them to pay tithes so they could get a blessing. Or to continue reading their Bibles or pray. He's persuading them. You start in grace. Continue in grace. Don't never ever go anywhere else. Except where grace is preached and believe it. And rejoice in it and find it Christ and His grace to be the only hope you have. Uh, I persuade myself to do that. Uh, God help me. God help me to continue in the grace of God. To continue to preach it. Continue to believe it. 
to continue to rest in it, continue to embrace nothing but the grace of God. Amen. Our Father, in the precious, precious name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for your precious word. Oh Lord, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Oh Lord, it does something for my heart that nothing in this world can do. Lord, I don't want to ever preach anything but your gospel, the gospel of grace, the gospel that gives you all the glory, that debases man, abases man, puts him down, makes you high, high, high and holy, makes man low, 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 low. God, help me always to do that and do it with some love, do it with some wisdom, do it with some understanding do it with heart with heart God bless it be your holy name thank you for these saints we bless you in Christ's name Amen let's stand together and sing Amazing Grace because it truly is amazing Mm. if you don't know know it it's in 236 i uh-huh.